season two of the Teachers Lounge podcast. And if you've noticed, we're in a completely new backdrop today and we're in Havon or Avon, located in Mid Wales, Newtown. And it's all thanks to you guys that season two has been made possible. So thank you so much if you've downloaded the podcast and if you've watched on YouTube, do me a massive, massive favor. It takes five seconds. Just hit that subscribe button and it really helps out the channel. So bringing it into season two, I have a brilliant guest with me. Feels really appropriate to have this person on today because we are talking full circle about the journey from teaching assistant all the way to fully qualified teacher. So I have with me Ellie Jacks Williams today who's going to be talking about her journey so far because she's currently doing her PGCE. And yeah, we're going to talk, we're going to delve into everything that it entails, how she got there. And Ellie was a teaching assistant for many, many years as well. So we're also going to have a chat about how she found the role of a teaching assistant too. So welcome. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much for inviting me. It feels very strange to be interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant no i'm really excited it'd be good to actually get it out there and um i think it'll help loads of other people as well that are in the same position that i was in last year yeah definitely so, yeah because yeah, we've got loads of tas and we were just speaking before about a ta that we both know that's yeah. also doing something really similar yeah um yeah and the, the main thing i wanted to touch upon with you mm-hmm. is when we'll get into it in a minute is like what it's like to be a ta at first because you were a ta yeah and then we'll talk about that mindset of what what pushed you towards going into doing the PGCA yeah yeah so that's really really interesting so first of all let's talk about your career as a teaching assistant so how did you find it did you enjoy it how was it it was the best job I've ever done. So before that, I worked in, so primarily in early years. So I've worked in numerous nurseries. I've been deputy manager. I've been room leader. So things like that. So I solely focused on nursery. And then I think when I had my little girl, we got through that earlier stage and I was just really interested in like her learning. So then I applied for a job in a school and it just went from there really. So I've worked as a TA for four, five years before I applied for PGCE. And honestly, best job I've ever had. I think the people as well, they definitely make the job. Um, and I think working in a school, you're all in the same boat. You all want the same thing at the end. And that is to help the children. But it's such an enjoyable role. Um, and I was actually really, really sad to leave it when I went to do my PGCE. Yeah, yeah. Every day is different, isn't it, for sure? Oh, no day is the same. Some days you come home, you just want to scream. Some days you come home, you want to cry. And some days you come home and you can't wait to tell your partner the humorous stories. But yeah, no, every day is very different. Um, so picking up on that, did you ever find you'd go home mm. and then you'd say to your partner like something really frustrating Yeah, and, and they just didn't get it? Oh, yeah, yeah, just no idea, straight over the head. Yeah. And you just feel like, oh, right, well, it's the end of that conversation. I remember, you know, playing football with friends and things, and mm. they they genuinely thought I'd just play in a sandpit all day. That's what everyone thinks, though. Everyone thinks you go to work nine till three. It's never nine till three. Let me just, like, put that out there. Um, and you just play all day and cuddle children, and it's really, really far from it. Yeah, it's- loads of breaks. Yeah, yeah, loads of breaks, coffee all day, nine till three. It's if if it was like that, everyone would do it, wouldn't they? But until they actually step foot into a school and become a TA or a teacher, it's a, it's a shock to the system, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and this is why 
a lot of people are going away from teaching assistants at the moment. Absolutely. It's not as easy as people think. And it's not, you know, I don't think people make out that it is really hard as well, because when you're in it, it's such an enjoyable role. Like some of those things don't really take effect. Like you don't think about the pay and things like when you're doing the job, it's when you go home at the end of the day and you think, oh, was that really worth getting paid so much an hour? Yeah. And that's the big elephant in the room, isn't it? Yeah. It's the pay. Um, it's shocking. so bad. It is shocking for a TA. And I know like in one of your previous podcasts, you mentioned TAs, teaching assistant. Actually, you're an assistant teacher, aren't you? You absolutely are. Because you do as much, sometimes a little bit more than the teacher because you're trying to support all these different children. They've got so many different needs. You come home at the end of the day and you're wiped. You're absolutely exhausted. But, yeah. So, um, was pay an incentive for you to leave the role of a TA? Um, I mean, yeah. Definitely one of the incentives. I think, you know, after talking to my teacher friends, they were like, you know, you can go away for nine months, come back. And, like, your pay will be up here compared to where you are now. Um, and it's definitely something that you want to jump to. Um, I think as a ECT one, I think, you know, my pay would go up yeah, like seven or eight grand. So, I mean, it's, it's massive. And I mean, you're just doing, and there's a lot of training behind it, but you are just doing what you do as a TA with that little bit of extra responsibility. Yeah, so so definitely. So when was the first moment that you, you genuinely thought, when, when was the when was the first moment that the idea of even becoming a teacher like popped mm. into your head? Oh gosh, I think I've wanted to be a teacher since I was very young. I remember playing teachers with my sisters, and you know we'd make registers and like role play it at home. And mum and dad would go absolutely mental. But um, I think that the actual moment when I was like, no, I'm going to leave all this behind to become a teacher was when I applied for a job in the school that I was in and I didn't get it. And I thought, no, I'm not going to be upset by it because I'm on to bigger and better things. And I thought, Nevaeh in school now and she's five. So by the time I start my PGCE, she would have done a whole year in school. She'd be settled. I don't have to worry about that at home. Jack's got a really good job he's going to be able to support us as a family. I'm just going to do it because if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. It was like that. Op- the opportunity was there. It was there and I just had, had to take, take it. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Just had to do it. Yeah. No regrets. I love yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely no regrets. Love that. Um, so when you were in school as a mm-hmm. TA, obviously you've, you've in a way you've got a big advantage because yeah. there are lots of people that do their pgc and their teacher training and they've never stepped foot inside a school before Mm, yeah um do you feel now on the course that or uh, let's go back a little bit when before you even applied was that was that a big thing were you like i'm gonna have a big advantage here because i've Mm. got all this year's worth of experience absolutely i think experience is like the number one like important thing yeah I agree so in my last year of being a TA I was with the most supportive class teacher she was absolutely brilliant and she's the one basically that made me go and do it Um, and we had uni students come and they were doing our placement with us and I thought you know what I could do this I could really do this I'm doing it now I've got all the experience they've had no experience in schools and they're smashing it so why can't I go and do it and I do feel like I'm at an advantage because 
you know, academic writing on one hand is, you know, it's a job in itself, but going on to placement and experiencing all of this and actually being able to work with children rather than you're just doing it to pass your course is completely different. And I definitely do think I'm at an advantage. Yeah, and like we've seen teaching assistants mm. become fully qualified teachers before yeah. and it, they can just jump into the deep end straight away. They, yeah. they get qualified and it's a massive um, tick, if you like, if you're having an interview and you can say like, I know, I know what to do. Yeah. Like I've been in the classroom for years already, yeah. you know, nothing's changed in a way. Yeah, it's that first-hand experience. And I think it's having knowledge of, you know, behavior strategies. That's a huge one. Like if you're coming in and you've done, I don't know, let's pick it out of thin air. You've done pottery as your undergraduate or something. And then actually you decide to do teaching. Like it's two completely different worlds. And personally, I think there should be more of a, not a like a tick list on how to get onto your PGCE, but I do think there should be some kind of experience that you need before you even apply. Because I do find that people do it because they think it's easy and actually they have a bit of a wake up yeah, call when shot. they get onto the course and go on placement. Yeah, and the figures are something like, oh, it's, it's a really high percentage. Mm. Or in one, I think it's one in, it was one in five, but it may have gone up now yeah. to one in six. But it, when I was training, it was one in five, won't even last three years. Um, they'll quit. But like you said, that's because a lot of the time they're coming off the back of, you know, drama degrees, a art different degrees, undergrad, yeah, absolutely. And they've never stepped foot inside a classroom before. Yeah. And then it's a massive wake up call. It's responsibility as well. If you want to be responsible for 28 children and you've never done it before, it's, you know, you've got yeah. to be brave to do that. And in today's absolutely. classrooms, you've got kids with like high medical oh needs. You've got their lives in your ALN, hands. ALN, medical needs. You've got EAL children now. And it's literally, you could walk into a class and you could have half ALN, <laughs> half EAL, and Wow. <laughs> you go home and you have a glass of gin at night, I think. And then it starts no, all hard. over again. Absolutely. <laughs> and you pray for half terms like this. Absolutely. No, it's a hard job. And I definitely like, if you've got the experience, you've got a bit of a, you know, you've got a bit of a yeah, heads up definitely. actually when you're going into different settings. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey onto the PGCE because um, like a lot of people, it's not just an easy, I'm going to do my PGCE. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the time, and in my case as well, I, I had to um, do certain qualifications again because my yeah. grades weren't high enough. I had to do them. Um, and, you know, it almost shows how bad you want it. Absolutely. I think if you can do that, like, so for example, I did my undergrad in, so I graduated from that in 2017. And I thought, that's it. I'm never doing any university studies ever again. That was enough. Then I became a mum and it kind of just put things on the back burner. And then I was like, I was putting it off for a very long time because maths is like, no, I just can't do it. And it makes me ill thinking about it. And I was just like, no, it doesn't matter. I'm working in a school. I'm a TA. I'm doing a job I love. So really, what's, what's the point? And then, like I said before about the pinnacle moment, I was like, no, I'm going to do it. The first step in stone is actually getting my maths. And I remember one of the uni students that we had that year, she was being observed by her uni mentor. And the uni mentor and my class teacher were actually speaking. And the uni mentor asked to speak to me after. And she asked me to apply for the course. 
So, I mean, that was another huge incentive that I was actually asked and picked out. So I was like, that's pretty good. And then I was like, well, actually, I can't just apply because I haven't got my maths. She's like, oh, don't worry. So many people apply and they haven't got this, that and everything. But you can do the courses as you're on the PGCE. So I was like, oh, okay, that's a little bit easier. And then I was told after I'd applied that actually I had to have it before I even got onto the course. And I was like, no, I had a breakdown. I was like, no. I'm not doing it. No, not for love nor money. I'm not doing my maths. And then my partner, he was just like, look, it's just math that's in the way if you get your dream job. So yeah, I did, I did the math GCSE course through the university that I'm with now. And yeah. it was all online. And it was really, really good because I felt like when I was doing my GCSEs in maths, I had so many other GCSEs as well that I was doing. And it's very much like, like you know, I'm doing my um, presentation at the minute on Abraham Maslow hierarchy of needs. And if you haven't got those basic requirements mm. and if you haven't got the, the want to do something, you're not going to get very far, are you? So I was like, right, I need to want to get my maths to even get a chance of achieving my PGCE. So I, I just did it. I hated it, but I did it. And at the end of it, it was such a relief when I passed. And I thought if I can do that, I can do anything. So, I mean, it was a huge journey from, I was gonna give up, I wasn't even gonna apply. Then when I got it, brilliant, happy days, and now I'm doing it. And I think, what was I so scared of? Yeah, it was- It's just a bit of math. Hindsight though. Oh, it's a wonderful thing, <laughs> hindsight. Wonderful, I, I wouldn't do it again, ever. Wouldn't do my mouse GCSE ever again, but I've got it now, it's in the bag. Yeah, you've got it. <laughs> So was that a lot of like evening classes and a lot of evening revision so, yeah. because you were working full time? Absolutely. So because I was working full time, so I had, it was two exams and I know a lot of places do it differently, but the way my university did it, like she put all the lessons up online and you went through them at your own pace. Um, you had to submit worksheets every single week that she set out and every week it was more difficult. <laughs> so that was brilliant. And then they'd give you like an exam date. And I think it was pretty much the same time that the GCSE students were sitting there so that it was marked at the same time. Um, so you had two separate exam dates and you just did your exam in exam conditions. And yeah. And could you resit that as well if you didn't pass there and then? I think you could resit it, but I don't know if you'd be able to get onto the course that uh, same year because I think deadline. by the time they'd be marked and invigilated and all of that, I don't know if there would be enough time. Yeah. But I mean, it's always worth trying. Yeah, definitely. That's why I'd say to anybody, if they're thinking about going on PGCE and they've got English or math or something that's standing in the way, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, yeah. you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. So now you're on the PGCE. I am. Pretty much why? halfway through. Because I'm sure you can start, you can apply for jobs in like, april yeah this is yeah. it yeah it's literally around the corner yeah. i think get christmas out of the way i'm like wow yeah yeah like how far i've come but yeah no i think christmas is a milestone in my head get to that and you're over the big hump absolutely it's you know the ride home then yeah and you handed in your was it your final assignment today yeah i did it today so no more assignments i've yeah oh yeah we got oh, plenty got more. of them I've got one due on the 28th of this month as well, but today's was a presentation, so that's done. Um, I've got a thing for speaking out today. I've done a presentation, <laughs> I'm doing this. And then I got my, it's a written um, essay that I've got to hand in by the 28th. And then I think there's like a little one in December and then that's it. Yeah. And, you, and then, you know. And you said 
when you did your first degree, like you'd never go back and do a. I know. But can you believe how are you, doing it again? how are you finding it though? Doing your assignments and everything amongst Ooh. the training. Is it- I think academically, I'm struggling, but I think that's because I've had so much time out. Yeah. But I think once I'm in like a quiet room and I'm actually really concentrated, I've got no Nevea moither in me. Yeah. I've got no other things going on. I've got no work. Like, because if I was working full time as well, ah, oh, there'd be no chance. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's okay, and there's so much support with the uni as well. Um, you've got it all like everything's online. So, and if I needed to email my tutor for support, they get back to you like that. Mm. So I cannot complain about the support. It's all there, and it's just the academic writing and the referencing. Hard to get back into. It's really hard, yeah. but I think, like you said before, if you want to do something, you will do it. Yeah. Is everybody there full time or are there people that are part time and stuff? Yeah, so everyone. So this is a nine month course. I know in some places they do like, I think it's like the primary education degree with QTS. This is just the PDCE with QTS and that's nine months. And, rather and than, you've gone for key stage one? Yes, yeah. key stage one, foundation. Um, so talk to us about yeah. that. Why key stage one, not key stage two? Because key stage two scares me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think because my background is early years, yeah. I just, I really love the whole transition from nursery to school. I just really love that. And I think because I'm so maternal, I, I love that in reception year one, you've still got that bit of comfort. You've still got that bit of, you know, they're there it's okay but they're also finding their feet as well and I really like that and I just I just think it's really important that you know I look back and I can still remember my reception teacher Mrs Gittin shout out um and like she was just oh she was wonderful and I just think she was like the Miss Honey of Matilda and that's what I want to be and I think going into key stage two oh like it's it's scary. But I suppose you've had experience of, of what it would look like in, in key stage two and key stage one, haven't you? Absolutely. And like I've got to do placement in key stage two anyway. Yeah. And I think, you know, it isn't it's not that different to foundation phase because a lot of the like the curriculum now is very much similar. Like whatever you learn in foundation, you take it through to key stage two anyway. So I mean it's not hugely different. And I think as the children get older, they're basically teaching you brand new things anyway. But I just love the nurturing side of foundation phase. Yeah, yeah. good. So on the course now, mm-hmm. um, are you are you learning in Wales or England? Wales. So you'll be learning about the new curriculum. Absolutely. What, what do you think? Oh well, it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, it's huge, and I know you know. Here's a st- statistic for you. By 2050, they want all children in Wales to be taught through the medium of Welsh. Yeah, yeah. I think that's massive. Yeah. And I think for somewhere around here, like in mid Wales, that's going to be huge. Yeah, I've been on the sabbatical. Have you? Yeah, Did I've been on sabbatical, sabbatical yeah, wow. to be fluent Welsh. It's amazing. So if you ever get the chance to do it, you have Jump to do it. it. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, absolutely. Really so good. your Welsh now is like up there. I'd say, yeah, I'd say I could, I can definitely speak Welsh to people, hold a conversation. Um, right. it's, it's just the um, the words that are quite um, specific and yeah. aren't used quite regularly. Yeah, and there's loads of different like... Know. You know, when you say yes to something, there's so many different ways you can yeah, say yes. Like yeah. in English, I'd be like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Marsh, it's oys, I do, yeah. and all this. And you use them at different times. 
I haven't got a clue. Yeah, but I'm lucky because the school that I work at is a lot of Welsh speakers, so I can That's I brilliant. can try and and use it as often as I yeah, can. Yeah, you're but learning every day, yeah. then, aren't you? With the you children get, of the and it's it's confidence using it. And That's a huge thing. That's what my tutors say. It's how like you've got it. Like you've got the GCSE. You've got you've got it. But it's having the confidence to say something and then worrying if you're wrong, actually, you know, is somebody going to pull you up on that? But a lot of the time, no, because they no. just like hearing the well. And the kids pick it up like sponges. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. It's that innate, you know, yeah. thing that they can just hold languages and use it. Yeah. They are like sponges, like you said. Yeah. 100%. So on the course at the moment, are there any subjects or any specific things that have stood out to you that, that you're really enjoying? Yeah, so like we discussed before, I'm really enjoying learning about the new curriculum. I know you're not supposed to call it the new curriculum (laughs) anymore. It is just the (laughs) curriculum. But I'm really enjoying that and looking at all the different pedagogical approaches. um, That's really interesting because I think before I joined this course, I never would have thought about all the different, you know, theories behind things and why we do things. And um, that's really, really interesting. And then, um, so we get Welsh lessons as well with my university. So, you know, we're we're getting into, you know, because they want us to be a level below fluent by the time we leave. So, I mean, that's really interesting as well because I haven't really used my Welsh language since school. You know, you use it day to day in schools, like it's the normal phrases. Like It's hard around here because hard, there's not it's a lot of people so that speak difficult. it. It's so difficult, absolutely. And sometimes you're introducing Welsh to a reception class. They look at you like you've got 10 heads. So, like, it's you're using the very basic, aren't you? So I think having that like ability and skill to speak Welsh and hold a conversation, I think especially like, cause I know there's a school near us that they're completely transitioning to Welsh and that's it. So I think, yeah, I know that that's been a huge benefit. And I think for anybody that's doing anything in education at the minute, I think even if they don't offer the Welsh, um, you know, language lessons, I think, looking into it yourself I think that might be a huge benefit especially when going for interviews for jobs and things like that because they'll look for that straight away massive advantage yeah it's one of the first oh, yeah. things on the on the um, applications online it'll, yeah it'll ask absolutely you this what, is it what yeah. your Welsh capabilities are like so absolutely. was was that were you mindful of that before you applied for the course because I know a lot of people apply for courses in England yeah but here in Wales mm were you did you consider applying in england or were you mindful of that Um, so so i did my undergrad in wrexham and like i said that was like five six years ago and that was brilliant but they didn't offer the same pgc course that i wanted and then i was looking and it was it was in england it started with a t but i can't remember but I just thought, why, when there's a brilliant university up the road, yeah. it offers all these different things, and I can learn my Welsh properly. I thought that was actually a huge, you know, Selling incentive point. for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I never really thought about taking up my PGCE in England, I think, as well, because I've always learned through the foundation phase and you know that way instead of foundation stage and it is different i know people say no it's not a lot different but it is and i think once you've got something in your head that you're so familiar with trying to change that it's it's hard so yeah but no i was always i think i was always going to go to the gaba uni here's one for you so what what type of teacher do you think you'll be like i always thought I'd like to think I am still what 
I envisioned I would be like one, once I qualified I thought right this is a, the teacher that I want to be like <laughs> and I hope scoped I'm, it out <laughs> yeah I hope I'm still like, what I thought have you got in your mind the type of teacher you want to be mm. and if so what what is it well I think think is a good word because <laughs> it could all change when you walk through those doors but like I said earlier I want to be that Miss Honey you know that the children remember I want to be nurturing but I'm not taking any messes. Yeah. Like as soon as I go in, that's it. They know their boundaries. Firm Don't push fair. me. Yeah, firm but fair. But I still want to, you know, and keep that nurturing, you know, because I am very nurturing. I am kind. I'm a bit ditzy, but I know what I want from them. And, you know, hopefully yeah. that, that stands. <laughs> yeah. And then like you said, you were inspired by the teacher that you remember. Absolutely. And then you might do the same then for somebody else. Well, mm. I hope so. I still get called Miss Ellie everywhere I go. Like you <laughs> go to Tesco and you're called, uh, you know, sir or miss or whatever. And they think you live in school. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like I've left that school now and I still on a day to day basis get called Miss Ellie. And it's so lovely because you feel like you've made an impact on somebody. Yeah. So I just, I just hope that when I actually get my full time teaching job that I can, I can do the same. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, well, on on here, we're going to get someone that does a lot of supply on soon and talk oh, about that'd be so interesting. the supply circuit, if you like, because they're wow. crying out for supply at the moment. Oh my gosh, they are, yeah. So would would you consider doing a lot of supply or would you just be mainly focused on mm. getting that full-time position? So in my previous school that I've worked in for like four or five years, so to begin with, I had a contract and then I went with supply. So I've actually been supply for the last two years, oh, I think, right. since I was there. But it was just in one school. Yeah. Like I had like a full time position as a supply member of staff. I see. Um, and I think you can be really lucky and find those jobs. Yeah. But I mean, I think I'm flexible because you don't know what's going to happen in twelve months' time. Yeah. And I think you need to be open to going on supply. Um, because you could find a school that you've never been to, never worked in, and you could just fall in love with it. And that could just be from doing one day supply. Yeah. So, and yeah, often that's how full-time positions absolutely start. It's, it's yeah. because you do maybe maternity cover or yeah. some sickness cover, and then exactly. you're in with the school, you know the school, they know you, and then a position mm. becomes available, and it's almost a case of, well, better the devil you know. Absolutely. And you still have to apply and things, but... It, People like to stick with people that they know, don't they? Yeah, and I think it's really important to get that, you know, you know, going from one school to another. It's really good to gauge yeah. how different schools run. Like you could go to a village school one day, go to a town school the next. They're so different. They're like worlds apart. But I think having that under your belt as a supply teacher and as a teacher is, you know, really, really, yeah, you know, important. good. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, definitely a benefit. So thinking about long-term career mm. plans what is your your ultimate goal are you are you, are you happy with teaching uh, being a teacher is that the end goal or are you thinking actually do you know what i my my new goal is to become head teacher one day absolutely not so <laughs> i would never i mean i said that about being a manager of a nursery but i would i would never over her teacher i think the amount of responsibility those people have it is crazy like i don't know how they go home and sleep no it's like wow i mean i'm quite happy being a teacher i'd love to be 
So I I would just love to be a reception teacher. That would be my dream job. Yeah. You know, I might delve into key stage two sometimes, <laughs> but no reception teacher. That's that's the main goal. Um, but no, I've got so much respect for head teachers. Yeah, me too. So much respect. Yeah. I could never do it. Um, I'd I'd love people to just be able to see the amount of stuff that they have to deal with. I know. I don't know how they can ever oh, switch off. Word. I know. It's and they just, you know, they get all the bad stuff. They get all the good stuff. And I just think. And a you lot know, of them still have to teach classes as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Like the school that I worked in, I know that I don't think she'd have a minute to breathe if she still taught a class as well. But um, when she was deputy, she was still a teacher as well. And I think that's huge anyway. Yeah. But I think around here now, there's not a lot of teaching head teachers. Yeah. Um, and I think that is because the workload is huge yeah, it like is. it's massive yeah so finally to finish off what advice would you give to anybody that is considering the teaching profession um or specifically have you got any specific advice for teaching assistants that were once like you maybe pondering about the idea of mm. taking it on yeah don't do it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, I think one of the biggest things is making sure that that time in your life is the right time to do it. There's nothing worse than planning it and thinking, yeah, I'm going to start in September. And then but actually you haven't taken into account you've got so many other things on that year because I think the PGCE year is the year that you don't socialize. You don't see anybody. It is so full on. I think you need to be prepared for that. So that is like one of my main tips like make sure that you are ready for it um don't go into it half-hearted go into it full um if you want something do it um stay organized <laughs> because i think even if you know just just make sure you've got your deadlines make sure you stick to your deadlines but don't be rushing at the end to try and finish something because you won't do it to the best of your ability and you'll be you know it's on your shoulders just just get it done while it's still fresh in your mind um stickers <laughs> always make sure you got stickers and bribes because it'll get you very far <laughs> um and if you're a ta and you're thinking about doing it what's holding you back like there must be something that is making you think actually no i shouldn't be doing it so deal with that first like my maths and then just do it just do it absolutely and talk to students that are coming on placement find out where they are find out how hard it is find out whether like it's something that you could actually do and then just take their advice and just go for it but just do it Good advice well you know me <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of organized i see you got a planner from the positive teacher company i sure did after watching this lovely podcast so they are good at, though, oh my gosh they're brilliant my whole life's in it yeah I'm so mine. my lesson plans are in there like i know like when i was in uni we had so many different seminars on every single day and I, I did have planners before that, but like the boxes were like they're not that the same. big. They're not the same. And like no. this positive teacher one, oh my God, they're huge. I can fill everything in there. And it's just got like, it's got all the teacher standards in, which I really appreciate because that really helps when you're doing your assignments. And it's really good to reflect on actually when you're on placement, like, oh, am I actually doing that? Or am I just doing it for no reason? So, it, and it's like, they're really nice patterns as well. Yeah, like, they're just good. Putting that yeah, they're good. 
but no i i really like it yeah yeah they are it's good fabulous well thank you so much for coming on and good luck on the rest of your journey yes. and um we'll have to get you back on um when you're finished well i've had a mental breakdown yeah <laughs> when you're gray and <laughs> gray and aged <laughs> yeah perfect no that'd be lovely awesome yeah. happy days